Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to another edition of the High School Football Podcast on 97.3 The Fan and on the Odyssey app as well as all of us tuned in live on Spaces on a Thursday night. I'm Brain Supranet, joined by my co-host, Jeff King. We were off last week. Had a last-minute call to duty with uh, USD Women's Volleyball. They went in and got a victory against Santa Clara at home, and they're trying to go back to their winning ways of uh, last year, going to the uh, Final Four. Uh, they weren't the only team in San Diego to go to the Final Four in a sport. USD was able to do that volleyball, so... That took some of my time last week, but uh, we're back at it again for some high school football talk and already in uh, week nine, Jeff. And uh, as I bring in Jeff King, it's high school football season flew by. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me again, as always. Yeah, nine weeks, man. That's crazy. So we're three quarters away, done with the season, and we're getting close to playoffs. So it's that time of year, man. You got high school football. I mean, we got – um, playoffs and, and baseball right now. Great game, actually, with the Phillies and Braves. Had to turn away that. And NFL football, hockey. Hockey's back. Hockey's back. Jesse Dietrich Hockey's out there. Back. Yeah, Dietrich out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pittsburgh's Penguins finals right, right there. And, and, and then my, my little cup of tea, NBA, is going to be in a, in a few weeks. So, we're going to have everything. This is for a for a sports fan. This is the favorite time of year because we're going to have all these sports going on at one time. Uh, playoffs, regular season, everything in between. So I love it. It's great. A lot to talk about, and but excited to talk about specifically high school football. Right Absolutely. Now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of disheartening that the season's almost over. It's not even Halloween yet. I mean, usually you're playing like, you know, back in the day, I mean, it was like you're playing like two games in November um, at the end of the season, and now it's like you're done before Halloween. It's crazy with the new kind of playoffs they have for a state playoff run. That is uh, California uh, high school football. And we're going to get into the playoffs in, in just a second and kind of discuss some things that have been talked about over the last couple of days or so on, on different podcasts and different outlets that cover high school athletics. But let's talk about last week. Um, you know, a lot of good games last week throughout the county and uh, some some big-time scores for some, for some big-time teams, a couple upsets mixed in, and – uh, overall, uh, another great night of high school football last week. Uh, biggest upset uh, last week was probably, in, in my opinion, Torrey Pines upsetting Mission Hills. Really hard-fought game. The Falcons won 10-6 to and really jumped their way up the uh, Division One rankings in, in calpreps.com. That's a notable game. 
that I saw from from last week. El Camino beating LC, uh, LCC by a touchdown, I thought was significant. Um, you know, we've been talking about the uh, the former NFL players league in the Palomar League with RB and Del Norte, but Ramona also has a former NFL player in Damon Baldwin, and he took it to Rancho Bernardo last week. Him and his Bulldogs, they won 38-21. Carlsbad rolled over Poway, 35-0. Um, but overall, those were some of the most notable scores um, of last week. Uh, Jeff, anything on those games or any other games stick out to you? Man, Tory Pines, I think I've been sleeping on them this year. So seeing them be a quality Mission Hills team, I was very impressed with that. Like you said, they've kind of positioned themselves to be one of the top teams in D1 moving forward. So I'm interested to see what type of momentum they can go in. Um, I believe they have a huge one. I think they, they, they got Carlsbad on the deck, aren't they? That's Tomorrow. correct. That, they do have Carlsbad. Yeah, so that is the litmus test, as we know, as far as the uh, Avocado League goes. So interesting to see. I mean, I expect Carlsbad. We'll, go, we'll get into predictions in, in, in a little bit. But I'm curious to see if Tory can be competitive for the majority of the game. Ultimately, I think Carlsbad wins, but... Um, can they, you know, make it a game, at least a half, maybe going into the third quarter. So I'm curious to see about that. Otherwise, like you said, um, status quo, uh, as far as the big boys go, you know, um, easy win for Carlsbad over Poway. Uh, uh, Granite Hills destroying West Hills. Helix big victory. And then, you know, Lincoln won a convincing victory over Cathedral Catholic. So um, nothing's changed from that from an open division standpoint. So, again, just looking forward to see, you know, these matches coming up. Like I said, we get Helix and Granite Hills not this week, but next week, right, Braden? I think so. Week? It's coming up soon. I got to I gotta check the uh, the yeah. schedule. Helix right now yeah. is just absolutely dismantling so, West. Who are they playing, Santana? I think they're playing Santana right now, and they're destroying them. But Do they hang? Do they? Oh, what's the score? It was, I think it, the, last, the last score that um, – Max preps have was like thirty-seven nothing in the second quarter, and so who knows? Who knows what that score turned into? First to sixty, uh, yeah. <laughs> but they're uh, they're dismantling. Yeah, Santino. so obviously that's going to be we 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 talked about that two weeks ago. That game is going to determine a lot from an open division standpoint in Division One. So definitely looking forward to that. But yeah, man, um, you know things are rounding into form. In terms of seeding and, and, and teams positioning themselves for their home stretch, so I'm definitely excited for, as far as what um, the rest of the season brings and how these teams uh, shape up. Yeah, we're going to talk about the playoffs in, in just a second, but you know, go back to Tory Pines. They've won five straight games. Started the season losing to uh, Del Norte and San Clemente, and have since then answered the call. Uh, you know, beating Escondido, beating Rancho Bernardo, they beat San Marcos. I mean, those are all schools. They should be able to beat, and then the big win over El Camino a couple of weeks ago, and then and then obviously the big upset against Mission Hills, which gets them a uh, a blue highlight on Cal Preps, which means they beat somebody. Um, you know that's 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 an out, it's an outlier win. Uh, the blue highlight on your on your little resume and a red highlight is an outlier loss. And you know Tory Pines has an outlier win in Mission Hills, an outlier loss in Del Norte. But the job that Scott Ashby has done this season has, has been pretty remarkable with everything, you know, around, you know, coach Collins, Robbie Collins had to step away for a little bit. And, you know, I think he's back at the school, but he's not coaching, um, you know, for, for some personal uh, matters. And 
um, you know, to, to have to inherit being a, a, a head coach and, and to be able to weather the storm. Corey Pines has done exceptionally well, and now they got a huge task uh, coming up this weekend against Carlsbad, of course. They do get to host uh, the Carlsbad uh, Lancers, and we'll see how that plays out. Obviously, if they're in the Avocado League, it's going to be a pretty good game uh, moving forward. But, you know, overall, those are some of the scores. Um, you know, obviously, I watched the, the Lincoln game up close. Lincoln's Lincoln plays very old school defense where they got guys that fly around and, and hit, um, you know, which is uh, very, uh, let's say, reassuring, but it's it's very it's refreshing to see, especially in this day and age of high school football and just football, football in general. Um, you know, with, with tackling, just kind of see him on the decline. Lincoln does a really good job of tackling and um, and being fearless to the ball, and that's that's going to be a, a recipe for success. Uh, even more so in the long term. Um, so I was I was impressed with their defense a lot, uh, the Lincoln Hornets, uh, being able to see them in person. In terms of overall top ten, I mean, you mentioned you know it's, it's kind of status quo for a lot of a lot of different schools. I sent in my I sent in my picks for the week, and I find it very difficult to to rank the the top ten, you know, outside the kind of the top four or five. But uh, I had Lincoln number one and Carlsbad two. You know, any way you want to skin a cat, you can move that around. A lot of different spots. Uh, Helix three, Granite four, Del Norte five, Torrey Pine six, LCC seven, uh, Mission Hills eight, Cathedral nine, Modern Day ten. Put Modern Day back uh, in the top ten. But I mean, reality from seven through you know fifteen, you could probably pick a lot of different schools in those spots. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I don't really have too much um, argument with that. I mean, I would be willing to put maybe um, Torrey Pines over Del Norte just because of strength of schedule. Um, you know, may get some pushback with that. But again, once you get past the top four, then yeah, they, they're kind of interchangeable in my in my mind. Um, you know, I I would definitely put Modern Day kind of back in the, in the tenth spot, considering they kind of rebound and. You know, like we said, strength of schedule, which we'll talk about from a playoff standpoint. You know, how much should that weigh in in terms of rankings and discerning seating? But uh, yeah, I, I I agree with you on from that aspect. It's uh, you can honestly flip a coin from five and ten. I wouldn't necessarily argue with any of them, but the top four definitely is you know set in stone at this point of the, of the season. I don't I don't think you get any argument there. Again, Lincoln Carlsbad, Carlsbad Lincoln, but as far as the four teams. I think right now they're all undefeated. They've all been dominant, so there's no reason to have a conversation with any other team. No reason why I had Del Norte in front of Torrey Pines. They beat him earlier, you know. So from the human element, you know, I gotta kind of put him there, um, you know. But according True. to Cal Preps, I mean, Del Norte's tenth in the in the in the section, and I'm not overly opposed to that either. Um, when you got all the D1 schools in front, and again. You know, the way everything's laid out, I mean, the D1 schools are traditionally the ones that have been the better schools over the last, you know, handful of years. Um, you know, CIF has a formula in determining who's a D1 school and D2 and all the way down. And again, it's based on how well you have played over a certain amount of time. And some years are weighted more than other years. I think uh, the year before is like 50%. And then, you know, they have other percentages that I'm blanking on, but. You know, overall, I mean, I like the, um, you know, I like that that kind of format. I think you should have all the all the best teams playing each other, um, you know, when it comes to playoff time. But 
Um, you know, by that, by that kind of logic, I know there's outliers in there where, you know, teams could have a really good squad one year and, and be playing to a high level, but it's very, very few and far between. Um, you know, I, ideally, since it's based on that non-enrollment, I mean, your top 10 every year should basically be the top 10 D1 schools um, at the end of the day, if it's, if your if your rankings are, are proper, but um, that's a conversation for another day. According to uh, Cal Preps, which I, highly value they go lincoln carlsbad helix granite mission hills tory pines el camino lcc cathedral and del norte and again a lot of it has to do with teams outside the section i mean you know cathedral's not played well at all this season they have two wins and their rating continues to go up because of the teams that they have played um they have dropped in the standings a little bit but they're still in the top 10 because of you know lincoln keeps winning Right, it's just a recent one, but Liberty Liberty keeps winning in Nevada, and Helix is now a top 100 team in 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 the nation, and 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 they continue to win. And um, you know, the more Chaminade and Brophy College Prep win, the the more Cathedral wins. The same to be said about a lot of other schools that um, that are played out of town schools. But I do I think it's interesting, and I think it's pretty cool that San Diego in general has. Uh, Lincoln's a uh, top 100 program, uh, according to Cal Preps. They got him at 56 in the nation. Um, Helix is at 98 in the country. And Carlsbad right now, i got to find somebody that has played Carlsbad real quick. On here. Um, Carlsbad is 61st in, in the nation. So we got three teams in the top 100 in the country, which is, which is a pretty remarkable feat. Great to see. Definitely great to see San Diego being represented well in the standings, in the state standings. Um, you know, and they've had success. I mean, look at last year, what modern day Lincoln did, you know, winning state. Um, that only can help and boost the profile of not only those schools individually, but San Diego in general, the letting people know, you know, whether LA or Northern California, like, hey, we have some legitimate, very well-run programs with a lot of talent and a lot of success. So seeing those rankings come out, I think it's very good for the city. So uh, excited about that. Yeah, really good for the city. So we'll see how those uh, schools do and uh, when it comes to playoff time. And that's something I want to talk about. There's been a lot of discussions this week on how the playoffs should be seated, what the format should be, you know, in an ideal world. And, you know, a lot of these things that we can come up with or might be things that would just never happen in terms of um, – you know, red tape and term I like to use politics uh, when it comes to uh, high school athletics. But, you know, as it stands right now, before we dive into how we would make the playoffs, it stands right now is, you know, over the last three years, you know, your team gets a power rating and then they rank the power rating. Uh, they rank the teams based on their power rating one through how many teams we got in San Diego? 85? One through 85. And they take the top 16 and they put them in the D one and then they take the next 16 or, you know, seven, sometimes they have 17, sometimes 16, uh, next 16 are in D two and the next 16 are in D three and then so on and so forth. They have now made a D five double a, which is like the bottom half of D five. So it's like the last eight teams in D five. Um, so that, that, that's kind of a new wrinkle to it. So, they basically split every every division into 16 schools, give or take one or two. D5 is split in half 
at about uh, 13 schools and eight schools. And at the end of the season, you know, based on the Cal Preps rating system, which is the same as Max Preps, Max Preps takes theirs from Cal Preps uh, before people start freaking out and go, I thought we were using the Max Preps ones. It's the same thing. Uh, they rate every team. And then the top four in D1 get to be in the open. The remaining 12 are the D1 playoff teams. Top 12 out of 16 in D2 get to go to the playoffs. And then so on and so forth all the way down to D5. Now with only 13 teams in D5, I don't know if, if they're going to do 12 teams in D5 and everybody else, everybody makes the playoffs in D5 and D5 AA. I mean, I, I don't know um, how that's going to work, but it's going to be something similar to that. But, you know, you're looking at a playoff format, Jeff, where there's not a lot of schools that don't make the playoffs. I mean, at Cathedral, we've had a miserable year and not very good this year in comparison to previous years. I mean, we're two and six. It doesn't matter what we do. We're going to the playoffs because everybody in D one makes the playoffs. And I, to me, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think it's a good playoff format. Um, I'll tell you what I, what I think in a second, but I, I, you know, get your, your thoughts on how the playoffs are currently and what are some things you would change to it? Well, first of all, I think with any system, you, you could find a flaw, right? There, I think there's no foolproof system like this is it. You can have no argument, no discussion. This is the perfect system. I think you can always find something um, that you can improve on or tweak or adjust that you might not agree with. In terms of the current system, and, and you can help me out with this, Braden, obviously we are way, or they, the rankings, are waiting the strength of schedule. And, and I think you need to, because I think you need, to, you need to get rewarded for playing strong teams, tough competition. But in, in this case, do you feel like, and obviously you're involved with the program, cathedral strength of schedule is weighted too much? And I say that for two reasons. Because one, I mean, look at the record, two and six, and, and obviously they played a, a gauntlet of the schedule. But like you said, it's a down year for the program. But also, two, and this is not necessarily your fault, your cathedral's fault, or he, or Lincoln or Carlsbad. You know, because of the profile that they develop, they have the ability to schedule these nationally ranked games, right? The Centennials, the St. John Bosco's, not saying they play St. John Bosco's, the De La Salle's. So they have that platform and, and, and that visibility where, let's just say Mission Hills. There's no way De La Salle up in Concord is going to want to play Mission Hills. And or modern days when I'm going to play that a team like that because they don't get anything out of it, right? If you beat Mission Hills, beat Mission Hills, you're supposed to, you know, nothing comes about that. So the fact that Cathedral has this ability to play these nationally ranked schools, no matter what the outcome, right? It doesn't seem like it hurts them in the long run. Like, do you feel like well? I want to cut you off there for a second. The reason why huh? these schools play those teams is because nobody in San Diego wants to play them, so they're forced to play schools out okay. of town. I mean, we can't find anybody in town that wants to play us, and a lot of schools that play us after one year bail out of the contract, and we got to go out of town. I mean, Coach Doyle has done a great job putting a schedule together, and he would love to play you know, some of the best schools and he goes out and he finds these schools. But the biggest problem is nobody wants to play cathedral. Nobody wants to play Lincoln. Nobody wants to play Helix. Um, you know, there's a lot of these schools that nobody wants to play. St. Augustine needs to find teams uh, out of town in order to play. And that's, that's the biggest problem. I mean, it's not, 
it's not like Cathedral's playing all these games because they have the, the resources to do it. They're doing it because they don't have a choice. They have to play teams out of town. Otherwise, they can't fit a schedule. And when those when, when our teams and – I, and I know it's the case because when Cathedral plays out of town, as a coach of the JV team, we don't always play the other JV team. And the JV team – I got to go find other JV teams that want to play us, and that's a borderline impossible task because nobody wants to play anybody in town. Everybody talks about how they want to play. Like, you know, we'll play anybody. But the reality is it's false. The schools that will play anybody are already doing so. And most of the time, they're already in the same league as those schools. The schools that are not afraid to play us, Lincoln, Madison, uh, Helix, St. Augustine, those schools are already on our schedule. But then, then, then you get to a point where, you know, you can't find anybody else to play. And that, that, that's a big problem. So, you know, I, I think you should be rewarded for your strength of schedule. Uh, I think it's important, especially in high school and college, um, you know, where it's not everybody's not evenly matched. I mean, it's such a, a, a gigantic scale. I mean, Mission Hills, Mission Hills go play Dale South if they want. They don't want to. You know, they're, they're, not, they're, not, they're not calling those schools up. You know, they, they're, 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 they're scheduling schools that are out of town that are, you know, available for, like, at, that are in a spot that they have the opportunity to beat. You know, like like San Clemente doesn't want to play the private schools in San Diego. They don't want to play Helix. They don't want to play Cathedral or Saints. But they don't mind playing the Avocado League schools because they know they can beat the Avocado League schools. I, I think a lot of the scheduling, I think you have to value strength of schedule, especially in this day and age when nobody wants to play anybody. I mean, look at some of these games they schedule. It's like, why is so-and-so playing this school? I mean, what a waste of everybody's time. And it's you know, I think it comes into this whole, I want to puff my chest out and talk about how great we are. We're undefeated, even though they're not, you know, you're not playing anybody good. And I think to an extent, I think Cathedral probably overscheduled. I think we, we, we kind of schedule way out mm-hmm. of our league sometimes, but a lot of the time we don't really have a choice. I mean, we have to go play these teams out of town. And when you're down, like we are this year, it's, it's just going to look a lot worse than when, when, when we're up. Yeah, you make good points. No, but let's just say teams did want to play you. Okay, so outside of Carlsbad and, and, and outside of the teams that are in your in your league, would would Cathedral want to play them? And from a standpoint of like, for instance, who would Cathedral want to play? Maybe Carlsbad, but outside of Carlsbad, who would they want to play this year or in past years in San Diego that would benefit them from a strengthening schedule standpoint? Uh, Carlsbad would be one, obviously. Granite. Um, I don't think Granite has room. They didn't have room on their schedule, but I know Grant would probably play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, any Avocado League school would be great. You know, Cathedral playing Torrey Pine should be a week one game every year, but it's not because Torrey doesn't want to play. I mean, that, that, that's that's yeah. been the case. And I, I've made this argument multiple times about Torrey Pine. It's like, why wouldn't you want to play Cathedral week one? It's the best case scenario for a couple of reasons. One week one game is such a crapshoot all the time because like teams aren't prepared. You know, you're not fully prepared, especially yeah. nowadays. You got like 10 days before you play. You know, you, you could get a team early in the season um, that benefits you. Plus, you know, if, if you're down the street, it's a great rivalry game. The gate for both schools is awesome. And then you, on top of that, it's like if you beat them and they're going to go on a run, you're, especially now with the Cal Preps rating system and being back for the playoffs, you're going to get boosted. I mean, every time that team wins, yeah. you win. 
And if if you lose to them, it's the same thing. You know, if they do well, you're you're, it's, you're a it's a win-win. You know, aside from maybe losing the game, but it's like I'd rather go play, you know, the better teams in San Diego and the better teams throughout Southern California. It's more fun. I mean, I I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I I don't like playing blowout games. I think it's boring and I think it's a waste of time. I I really do. I don't find any enjoyment in playing a team that like you have no business playing. Um, you know, in terms of, of, of like just not being your caliber. And, you know, we've done that a couple times on JV, um, you know, where you look and it's like, you know, we have no, this team has no business um, playing this game and we don't want to get anybody hurt, but it's like, we gotta, we gotta, you know, be cool and get a lot of kids reps, which I'm, I'm fine with. But at the same time, it's like, it's just, it's not, I don't know. I, it's not fun coaching and blowout, blowout games. It's not fun playing in blowout games. No, and it's not fun watching no, it's not. Games unless you're obviously the team that's won out. And even to the extent, after a while, it, it does get a little boring, even if you're on the winning side of things. So, it's, yes, definitely. I mean, obviously, if you if there's two very good teams playing and blow it out just because things kind of get run out, you know, go out of control, that's one thing. But yes, if there's a team that's you know super superior over another team, and it's twenty eight nothing after the first quarter, what are we learning? Right, we're not learning nothing from 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 that team, right? So I get it. Um, when was the last time Tori played Cathedral? That was, uh, 2021. Okay, so it's been... Some they were time. off, well, uh, they, the- they were on our schedule, and then they were off our schedule, and then we picked them up again for two years, and then, um, the only time we've been playing them is in the playoffs, which we actually played in the playoffs last year. But that, I mean, that that to me is a game that needs to happen every year, and it's it's amazing. It does it for both Cathedral and Tory. And when I was playing at Cathedral, and I know the teams are a little bit different now, but you know, I graduated in 2013. We would play them every year, week two, and it went back and forth. I mean, it was it was a back and forth game. I could pull up one of our favorite websites on the show here, Jeff Parlinson Sports, and you look at and you look mm-hmm. at the scores between. Cathedral and Torrey Pines. And if you look at the scores, I mean, they're relatively all close games when they started playing that game. 2009 was the first kind of second stint of the Torrey Cathedral matchup. And they played, they played in the end of the 80s and the early 90s uh, when they were back at uni, but this is the tail end of the stint. I mean, Cathedral won the first year 24 to 6. Torrey Pines won the second year 10 0. Third year, Cathedral won 13 7. After that, um, Torrey Pines actually won. They don't have the score on there. It ended up being a forfeit anyway. But Torrey Pines actually won that game. And then Cathedral beat them 10 0 in 2013. And then in 2014, Cathedral beat them 8 7. And they beat them in the playoffs. And then um, they played again in 2015. And then after that, they were off the schedule. And you only played them in the playoffs until I think it was 2020. They signed up for a for a home and home, and you know Cathedral is just a little bit better than Tory in, in twenty twenty and in twenty twenty one. But the twenty twenty one game, Tory Pines lost to Cathedral twenty eight fourteen. That Cathedral team went on to win a state championship and went twelve and two. Tory lost by fourteen. You know, so it's not. It, I mean, even even then, the week one matchup is huge. LCC got the benefit of that in twenty sixteen. LCC beat Cathedral and went twelve and two and went to a state championship game. They beat them nineteen seven in week one. Um, you never know what you're gonna get in week one. So, yeah, yeah, totally agree. Is that 
you may, is it the AD call or the coach's call? Let's say a coach. Who's the current coach for Torrey? Uh, well, no, he's at Saints. Um, and he's been at Saints. Oh, it's it's Saints. Uh, it was Robbie Collins this year and last year. So they have an and then now they got uh, Scott Ashby, who was actually the head coach at, at Torrey Pines before uh, Gladnick was the head coach. And so now he's back being the head coach. Oh, he's been on the staff. Um, I think it's a collective. Um, it's a collective yeah, effort. I mean, most of the time, it, it's not like college where the ads find you the games. You know, they'll get involved mm-hmm. and, and kind of talk around and, and call some schools and stuff on the behalf of their coaches. But at the end of the day, the coaches have to agree to play. Um, so I, I think it's it's kind of a mix of both. I've talked to the Tory Pines AD. She'd love to play that game um, because the gate's great. I mean, that game is fun. That that is. The times we played Torrey Pines, you know, as a coach and as a player, you play at Torrey, you play at Cathedral. That place is packed. I mean, it's 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 up there with like the Saints Cathedral game in terms of attendance to a certain extent. A little bit, a little bit different of a rivalry, though. I mean, there's there's kind of a more hatred in that rivalry than anything else. But to me, I mean, that that needs to be that that should be a week one game every year. As we went off a little bit of a tangent there, but. Um, we were talking about the playoffs, though, Jeff. Is there anything, you, again, you would change because you were talking about strength of schedule uh, before? I, I was just looking at it from the standpoint, like how much is weighted from strength. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Schedule. I mean, I think we do, you know, need to reward teams for playing, you know, good competition. I think that just shows you that, you know, they're not necessarily worried about the record, but they're worried about getting the teams better. We know that, right? We know that when you play inferior competition, it's hard to, one, gauge how, how good your team is, and two, improve your team. So I think that needs to be your equation. How much is it weighted? I don't know. I might weigh a little less, potentially, again. But, I mean, I personally don't have too much issue with it. I think if you looked at recent champions, um, I, I don't think you would say, well, this team kind of lucked in. I mean, I understand, like, you know, for instance, modern day, you know, had three losses, but again, what happened? They had an extremely tough schedule to start out the season. And but I think that schedule prepared them and when they face 
adversity in the playoffs. They were able to overcome it because they played really good teams. I don't think if modern day played the schedule that they did, they would be less likely to win that state championship than they did last year. So um, I don't really have too much object- objection to it. Again, no system is, is, I think, flawless. I think with anything, any type of – whenever you have to deal with computers and people put in numbers, it's, you know, in some way, even though it's supposed to be objective, it is subjective, right? At the end of the day, there's a subjective quality to it. So, um, I wouldn't make any wholesale changes. I, I don't know what you think, and I'm, I'm curious to hear about what you, what your angle is as far as what you would change. But me personally, I think the way things have shaped out in past years, I don't think we've really had too much controversy um, in terms of the um, you know how things play out in terms of seating. Now, I agree. Too many teams probably do make playoffs. You know, if, if we're talking about playoffs, you need to be rewarded for a, winning. You should be, a, should a be rewarded for team. winning. Yes, winning. <laughs> yeah, so exactly, at the end of the day. So, I mean, let's just say, I was like, speaking though, I mean, your Dons are two and six. Let's just say, how many more games you got? Three? We got two games left. The best we could do is four and six. Right. So let's go, let's say you split those three and seven. Now, if we're going from a winning perspective, how do we reward that team? You only, now, again, it's there's the weighted part. It's okay. Only three wins, but look at that strength of schedule. I mean, those seven losses, I don't think that there's no such thing as an impressive loss by you. I hate when people say that. Oh, that was an impressive loss. No, there's no such thing as a moral victory. <laughs> exactly. Really gets to my nerve when I hear, oh, it's an impressive loss. No, that's BS. You lost. We're here, as Herman Edwards say, you play you to play win, the win the game. game. So loss is loss. So I don't care if you lose to Toledo or Alabama or someone in between, you lost. So in, in a case like that, rewarding winning, let's say Cathedral goes three to seven. How do you view that? Like how, like if we were going on a structure where, okay, strength of schedule is an aspect of it, but also you need to, I don't know if there's a minimum amount of wins, but we also have to have some amount of wins. How would you, how would you weigh that if winning was really, really important? Well, I think the way they seed it is fine. Um, I, mm-hmm. I prefer the Cal Preps rating system. And again, I mean, strength of schedule is a factor, but the majority of it is what you did against certain teams and how many points you scored is, you know, in the, in the kind of how you played other teams. I mean, that, that to me is the best way of determining who, you know, who's good and who's not and how you fit everybody in. And Cal Preps ranks everybody in the country one through however many teams there are in high school football in, in the United States. So from that perspective, I think, and they're the most accurate. I mean, if you look at their, their predictions for games on calpreps.com and you can go, you go look at it. I mean, you know, they're going to be pretty close to that score um, nine times out of 10. And again, this was made for betting in Vegas. You want to know how Vegas gets a bunch of great lines. I mean, they use formulas <laughs> like this. So, mm-hmm. um, Cal Preps knows what they're doing. I mean, they they predict games. They're they are highly accurate in the scores that they have. So, in terms of picking a close to as non biased way of seeding teams as possible, I think this is the perfect way to seed teams. My biggest gripe is how many teams make the playoffs and what type of playoffs there are. I to me. And I and there's a couple of things that I would do. Um, you know, first of all, 
before we talk about how you seed it. But uh, first of all, I would take eight teams per division, and that's it. And I understand why they take 12. CIF likes the gate. They like have, the more games there are, the more chances they have to to, to make some money for the organization has to run everything, which is, I, I understand that. But uh, I, I think eight teams per division is plenty. Um, when everybody in your league is making the playoff and your division is making the playoffs, it's kind of ridiculous, um, you know, to just go one through 16 and, and you just, you know, just showing up you're in. I mean, that's, that's been a brutal thing for the last couple of years. Um, you know, in division one, they've had like a school, um, you know, that was pretty good for a couple of years. And then they had some down years, but they were still in D1 according to the power rankings. And, you know, they're 0-10, but they have to play a playoff game. I mean, that's that's bad for all parties involved. I mean, the kids on that team are not, you know, as much as people want to be like, well, you know, the seniors want to play another game. If you're 0-10 and, and it's miserable, you don't want to play anymore. I mean, it's just you're not – you're not it's, – it's brutal. You can't wait for the season to be over. Um, and in in those situations, you got to try to eliminate as much as possible. Um, for me, I I I either make the I think I think the open division in general has has been played out. I think it's kind of a waste of our time now. I think it plays in. I agree. It plays into the like everybody gets a trophy mantra because mm-hmm. you know to me like when they came up with the open division, I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. Like anybody can anybody can be in this division. Right. And no, it, it, to me, it like open means any stipulation. So like, you know, based on you either do an open division and put everybody back in enrollment divisions and you take the best, you know, four to eight teams in the county that year and put them in a playoff or since everything's rated, like everything's like put in order based on how good you are in terms of divisions, all the best teams are already in division one. Why don't you just have why, why do you need an open? Why do you need two different playoff brackets for D1? Make it an 8 team playoff. There should only be half the teams that make the playoffs in D1. Make it 8 teams that make it. You could call it open, you could call it D1, whatever you want to call it, but just take the top 8 teams. The bottom 8 teams don't deserve to win, you know, don't don't, don't deserve to make the playoffs at that point in time. I mean, if you just took the top 8 teams and put them in the playoffs in D1, it'd be a great it'd be a great playoff. You have a lot of good teams in there. And then teams that wouldn't make the playoffs would be Cathedral, Saints, Madison, Modern Day, Ramona, San Marcos, Poway, and Mira Mesa. And the argument against it is like, well, you know, they'd probably win D2. Yeah, of course they'd probably win D2. You know, they're, seat, they're, they're ranked above them. But if you win D2, as I mentioned before, you're, 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 in, you're in 17th place. The best you could do is 17th in, in the grand scheme of things because it's already seeded one through – Whatever. So to me, I'd, I'd make every division. I'd get rid of the open. I'd make every division eighteen, eight, eight, eight uh, team playoff. Like, I don't like four team playoffs. I think that's kind of a joke. But I'd make every every division eighteen playoffs. And the last thing I would do is do what the southern section is doing. Nobody gets a division till the end of the year. Nobody gets a division till the end of the year. So that way, if the team has a bad year, you know. They're not going to be in D1, and you don't have to worry about it. But if you looked at it right now, I mean, it'd still kind of be the same. But as the Southern section goes, they basically just at the end of the year, they'll do the, they'll get the Cal Preps rankings or whatever, and then they might move teams based on maybe head-to-head or, or um, you know, league champion or whatever, and you can, you can factor that in. But 
you would just go in order from one through whatever, and that would determine the playoffs. So, like, to me, that take the top eight teams in the county, that's your D1 playoffs or whatever the one you want to call the open. So that would be Lincoln, one seed, two would be Carlsbad, three would be Elix, Granite before, Mission Hills five, Torrey Pine six, El Camino seven, LCC eight. That's all D1 schools. As a, hold on, let me uh, – that's inaccurate. Let me get the, the correct one here. So, so your top your top eight um, would act, it'd still all be D one schools as is right now, but you know Del Norte is right on the cusp. So like Del Norte has a really good year, you know they could theoretically play themselves into the top division if they had a really good year and beat a lot of good teams and that was their best class and they wouldn't be punished the next year if they didn't have as many guys coming up the next year because the divisions would reset at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you, especially about the open division. I, I don't think there's really any need for it. I just think you can slot those teams into D1 and have the next four. We have a very compelling division in playoffs. I don't think we lose anything. I think we'd actually would heighten D1 and everything just gets bumped out. Yeah. So totally agree with you. It doesn't really make sense to have, you know, it, the four teams kind of sounds very li- little league-ish in my it opinion. It is little league-ish. Um, you know, if we're gonna have, if we're gonna have, you need to have a quarterfinal at least. You know, not I agree. the semifinals or a double buy or whatever the case may be. Like, no, you need to win at least three games. You know, if you want to do four, guess, but at least three, just to see. Okay, let's play it on the field. You know, and, and so I'm in um, a total agreement with you on that. Like, we need to get rid of the open division. It doesn't really make any sense to do that, and. Um, it would probably play out similarly if we did that. So, um, the, you know, maybe it changes one point. Yeah, go yeah I mean, the biggest thing with, like, the open division, it's like schools like the five. It's like it's it gives an opportunity for schools five, six, seven, and eight to win a championship because they weren't winning them when the open division was 18. That's, well, it's like who cares? you're not good enough to win a championship then. Like you don't just because yeah, you're exactly. good doesn't mean you deserve a championship. I mean, I I don't I don't know how why that's so hard to tell people. You know, if I made the playoffs, I was the eight seed, and we lost the one. You know, and I'm sitting there going like, well, I could have won D two. I'm like, who wants to win the lower one? I mean, if Alabama doesn't win the if, if Alabama doesn't make the the national the, the college football playoff, are they sitting there bitching that they could have won D the they could have won the uh, FCS? No, they're not bitching about that. There's nobody who's like, oh man, I really, I really, you know, we would have won, we would have beat North Dakota State in the championship. Nobody's saying that. It's you're either mm-hmm. good enough to win it or you're not. If you're not, it's not that big of a deal. I think we're just we're just giving out too many championships. Yeah, it goes back to the, you know participation. You know, give more team the option to win. You know, or the whole playoffs. You, you know, allow more teams in for what? If we know in, in this in this format, you know, three quarters of teams have no chance of winning CIF. No chance. You know, so again, why are we just having them participate in another game just because? Just because it looks nice, just because they can say, Oh, we made the playoffs at four and six or three and seven, knowing that you're gonna get just blasted in the first round. Doesn't do anything. Doesn't add anything. It it just doesn't. So Again, I'm with you, man. We just need to make the division smaller, you know, have 18 playoffs, and then just go. It's all about competition, and we and just see the best of the best, right? That's what we want, and that's what coaches should want, 
players should want, the community should want, and like, okay, well, let me just slide down to D3 so I can win another CIF title. No. If you're in D2 or you have a position, put yourself in a position to try winning win a D2 title. It goes back. You know, or D1, whatever, whatever the situation may be, find a way to get better. It goes, it goes back to, to what I said a couple podcasts ago. Everybody's long-term goal should be to win an Open Division Championship. That should be everybody's goal. I mean, everybody's goal should be we're going to try to make the we're going to try to win the Open. It might be like a goal in two years, four years, eight years. Maybe that's a goal like you know, ten years down the road. We're we're going to get to a point where we're playing for the Open Division title. That should be everybody's goal. I mean, you should want to have you should want to be able to play in the top league. You should get rewarded for playing in the Open Division playoffs. I mean that that should be yeah. like a that. that it's like it's like getting to a Final Four. Getting to a Final Four is like winning a national championship. You want to be in the Final Four. Same thing can be said about we want to be in the open division. Because if you win D1, you know, especially now, right now, you're playing for fifth place. You won fifth place. It's not it's not something to brag about or be totally excited about. I in my opinion. And you know, I and and people differ on that. I mean, there's there's a lot of schools that think you know, we really don't have a chance to beat one of the top two teams in the county, uh, but we can't win D one, so let's try to win D one. Um, you know, and play our ways in the D one. I'm not, a, I'm not a big believer in that. I mean, I we don't make the open division playoff. It's a, you know, we almost view it as a failure. I mean, it's a failure. You, that's that yeah. needs to be our goal. We want to be in that conversation. So, I, I think you got to restructure the playoff. I'm all for an 18 playoff. I'm, I'm tired of handing out trophies. You know, just to hand out trophies and. You know, I, I think it's I think it's time to to start to start doing things like that, and I'm all in favor of of uh, making the divisions at the end of the year. I mean, I think it's probably better for everybody else, and you'd get a lot more playoffs that are not that are not blowouts. You'd have teams be playing each other that are that are their caliber, and um, you know, I, I think that just bodes better for for San Diego in the long run, and bodes better for the for the teams. And I mean, you already got the regulation system like soccer; you might as well do it at the end of the year. Yeah, can't argue that, man. I'm, I'm totally in, in uh, agreement with that. We gotta make this happen, Jeff. Jeff King for uh, CIF uh, office. Get you on the committee. Pick commissioner. Or yeah, get you on. We'll get, get me somewhere. Get you on the committee. We'll, <laughs> we'll be making some making some playoff moves here. But uh, uh, that's that's kind of some playoff discussion. Um, you know, I saw a lot of different things on online this week, and um, some good, some not so good, but. Um, Wanted to talk about it a little bit. Let's talk about some of the games this weekend and kind of wrap this thing up. Um, take a look at the schedule. We did have some games today uh, on Thursday. Uh, you know, according to Max Preps, they're all still ongoing, but um, uh, yeah, they probably still are. The games all probably kicked off around seven, so it's about third third quarter for a lot of games. Uh, according to Max Preps, your scores right now: Modern Day Catholics up on Benita, twenty eight seven. Del Norte is beating Mount Carmel 17-10 at halftime. That's the last score that was reported. Mount Miguel over El Cap 27-7. That game is on your view TV, by the way, if you want to watch that game. Um, and it, it's free to anybody uh, throughout the county. Just sign up for a, a view account. Um, Sweetwater is up on Montgomery 48-14 in the third quarter. Helix is up 51-0 on Santana in the third quarter. Uh, Holtville and Palo Verde Valley are in progress. Don't have a score on that. Henry and Crawford are in progress. Also no score on that one, according to 
Max Preps. I'm not a big fan of the Thursday games, but I understand why we have to do it, uh, Jeff, because of refs. because of ref shortages and and all that fun stuff. But um, after the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's kind of it's it's the Thursday games kind of stink. Is it because it takes away from the prep or Friday night Friday night light. Yeah, what's your? Should be able to play on Friday nights. It's just it's more better on Friday nights, in my opinion. Um, but you know, sometimes the good thing about like Thursday night games, if you're a coach, uh, you get Thursday night game done, you go scout on Friday. You got the Friday night off. Maybe take your. Uh, your wife or girlfriend out for a, a date night on a Friday night in the fall. She'd be uh, fired up about yeah. that. Um, but other than that, <laughs> yeah, Thursday night games are, are not that great. I, I'm a big believer in Friday nights for high school football, Saturdays for um, college and NFLs for Sunday. Man, wait a minute. So you're telling me you don't like Tuesday action? I do like Tuesday action, but they're not competing with <laughs> high school football on Tuesday. I hate I hate uh, college like games said, on Friday. College. I hate college games on Friday. Hate it. Oh, so you're not going to tune in to the uh, fighting Deion Sanders in uh, Colorado? No, I can't. I'll be Stanford coaching Cardinal. against I'll be coaching against Madison tomorrow night. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that's the whole reason why this, the well, Friday night games suck. I mean, most people are at high school football yeah, games still in this country. Good point. Yeah, good point there. Let's go to some of the games uh, coming up this uh, weekend on, on Friday. We'll start in the Avocado League. Carlsbad's at Torrey. El Camino's at Poway. LCC is at Mission Hills. Mission Hills is projected to win by four. El Camino's projected to beat Poway by 15. And Carlsbad's expected to beat Torrey Pines by 21, Jeff. Uh, I don't know. You know, maybe LaCosta can get Mission Hills potentially, you know, and from that standpoint, I think that's going to be a tight game. But the other two I agree with, I, I again, Torrey Pines has had a nice season after, you know, losing their first game or two. Um, but, you know, Carlsbad's a juggernaut, and there's nothing that I've seen that tells me that they will be able to, um, you know, slow down Stan and crew. So, um, again, hoping that Tory can give him a game, maybe for a half, and see if Carlsbad can, you know, having some pressure put on him potentially. But uh, I think Carlsbad rolls and pulls slowly, pulls away throughout the game. I like Carlsbad minus twenty-one. Uh, I like El Camino minus fifteen, and I, I can I'll take I'll take LCC plus four. It's not a bad pick. I don't mind that pick. Yeah, I'm with other games for you throughout San Diego. Um, that are interesting. 
Mira Mesa Point Loma is not a bad game, Jeff. Mira Mesa's at Point Loma. Mira Mesa's favored to win by six. Their projected score is 27-21. Played tough with Madison for a while. Um, there are D- Matt- Mira Mesa is currently a D1 school. They're the last spot in D1. Um, going against the Point Loma team that started the season off a little strong, but has, has struggled as of late. I like, I like, uh, I like Point Loma and that's upset here. Mm, give me the Matadors, man. I, I'm, I'm all, I'm all on them. Uh, you know, like I said, competitive against Madison. I think they rebound nicely and get the win. Mira Mesa two and five this year. Point Loma four and four. Mira Mesa's ranked twenty two in the section. Point Loma twenty five. Not a not a bad battle there between uh, two teams uh, battling it out in the what the what league are they in now? They're in the Eastern League. In the Eastern League, uh, Grossmont Hills action. Granite Hills at Steel Canyon. Granite Hills expected to route Steel. I think we're in agreement with that one. West Hills at Grossmont. That's an interesting game. West Hills gets the nod over Grossmont, according to Cal Preps. I, I like the Foothillers against uh, the Wolfpack. Give me Grossmont. Who's the favorite? West Hills is favored. The Wolfpack favored to take on the Foothillers. Um, they're projected I'll to win 31-26. I'll take, I'll take the Foothillers and Anthony Lawrence plus five. Like the dog, not the only cover, but win, huh? I think they win at home. I think. I, I mean, they've, they've been taught. Do they win? Uh, I think they win. I think they win at home. I can't. Talk, I, I can't. I can't talk. I can't talk you off of that. I don't have a really strong leaning on either one of those. On my dad's a foothiller. I gotta go. With, I gotta go with Grossmont. Gotta go with Grossmont. There you go. How about you know, here's one for you. The Otai Ranch Mustangs at the East Lake Titans, Jeff. What do you got for me on that? <laughs> Man, I, I really do hope my Titans come through in that rivalry game. Newly formed rivalry, I guess you can say. But again, I, I you know, East Lake they have the one win. You know, I my heart says East Lake, but my mind says Otai both, gets the victory. Both, so both teams are two and five. Both teams are two and five. Ah. And Cal Preps thinks Eastlake's going to win by 24 points. How about that? You got to take the Titans now. The, the, yeah. Still? Well, I think... No, I think... I, I just don't see it. But I'm wrong. Hopefully my college work and Eastlake and was wrong 38-7 type of game and for a team that's 2-5. and five. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's just me. They're both 2-5. They're both 2-5. and Ah, oh, man. That's two not good team. when the... That's a lot the, of points. The leader of the Eastlake <laughs> Marching and Chowder Society is picking the Mustang <laughs> to cover. <laughs> the cover. The cover. Oh, you got hey, you got the Titans winning though. Space, right? We got yeah, have the Titans winning, but gotta be objective, man. You know, sometimes my heart, but <laughs> be fair and and seeing this. That's so, right. Yes, East Lake's gonna win. You hear it, folks. Like people that my alumni, people that went to East Lake with me, don't come hit me up, DM me saying how dare you. No, Titans are gonna win. I just don't think they're gonna cover. It's not so, gonna cover. You can't. You fine. can't. Uh, 
emotionally pick games. You can't emotionally pick games. Uh, Cathedral's exactly. at Madison. I'll be there tomorrow night. Um, I can't pick this game because I'm coaching in it. Cathedral's favored to win by 10 points. Hopefully the Dons can get back off the snide. Yeah, both teams struggling. You know, I was high on Madison. They've had a, kind of a rough patch uh, this season. They did win what last week against so – they played in the Rangers? Uh, last yes, week. on Saturday. Um, yeah, so they, they did win. But, you know, Cathedral, like you said, down year for them. But, you know, with the strength of schedule, they finally, I think, get, you know, a team that they can handle. So I think they kind of will take out their frustration – from previous weeks and, and be able to beat um, Madison. It should, be, it should be a good one. It should be a, a close game at uh, at the at the Madhouse, Jeff. The Madhouse over in Claremont. Uh, last game for us Saturday, Saint Augustine at Lincoln. Game's going to be on KSI, so you can tune into the game on on TV. Cal Prep says Lincoln winning forty two to seven. You've seen – obviously, you haven't played Saints yet. Um, obviously, you played Lincoln last week. I, I just don't see any scenario where the Saints – you know, and, and they're a young team, and they've done some good things. But, you know, Lincoln just seems like to be a buzz. So, like you said, defensively, they're just super fast and physical. Um, they got dudes kind of on all three levels from what I've heard. So – I think the defense um, will carry them, or I wouldn't say carry them, but will put them in a good position where the offense will be efficient. Uh, in terms of their offense, and this is something I want to um, bring to your attention, obviously it's different, different identity with not having Roderick back there. How, how would you – and they're still putting up points. Are they just as explosive but in a different way, or they're not as explosive last year? How do you view them offensively? And how does that potentially translate when they play Carlsbad? Potentially. Um, Carlsbad, Lincoln, or Helix. Or uh, Granite Hills or Helix. They're kind of like the same team offensively as last year, um, just without Roderick Robinson. They do have Achilles Smith Jr. I think it's been – he throws the ball pretty well. Um, He's not as – you know, from a running standpoint, he's not like – terrifying back there to run the ball doesn't mean he won't i mean he will he will get up and run but he he he's definitely a better passer um you know than than a runner and uh you know they're they're definitely they're definitely beatable i mean i you know watching them play i mean they're not like this unstoppable force and i think it's going to be a a really good game i think both carlsbad and and lincoln have have uh many pros and and many um, I wouldn't say many, but some flaws that uh, that both teams could uh, exploit. I think it's going to be a pretty pretty even matchup. I mean, it's going to come down to Julian Sands' arm and 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 really the the Lincoln defense, which is fast and physical. And that's that's not to take away anything from Achilles Smith Jr. I mean, he's he's supposedly going to Oregon um, in the future, and and he he can sling it too. I mean, he, and he's big. He is huge. I mean, that's that's not a he's not the size of a. A typical high school quarterback. I mean, the guy is um, he's he's very tall and athletic. So um, it's 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 definitely going to be a tough battle for uh, for whoever uh, has to play Lincoln in the uh, in the playoffs. But I I think I honestly think every current open division team has different strengths that make them kind of hard to prepare for. And you know, we've played against two of them now and. Um, you know, Granite's got a really big old line, which which is a huge factor. I think they're probably one of the biggest in the county. 
which is a big pro to them. Uh, and they got good skill guys, but they got some, you know, they got a young quarterback, they got a freshman quarterback. Um, so that's obviously they're probably their, you know, downside, not to single out the kid himself, but just, you know, some inexperience uh, in general, you know, Lincoln, I think their defense is a major asset, um, but you know, their, their, their loss was, was a little bit of their run game from a year ago. And um, you know, it's, it's, it's not to say that they're they're not doing a good job running the ball because they are. It's just it's different when you're the running backs not going to Georgia. You know the guy, the guy they had last year was going to Georgia, um, and then you look at uh, you look at Carlsbad. Uh, their line's not as big as the other open division teams' lines, but uh, Julian Sane gets the ball out quick and and hot, and the guy's going to Alabama. Um, you know that's a major asset. Plus his weapons are pretty good. And then you look at Helix, and Helix overall so is a pretty good overall team. Um, trying to think of like you know a weakness for them but you know they they've uh they've looked pretty good and they've kind of flew under the radar but they got they got a very experienced line their entire offensive line um are in their third year now starting on varsity uh which is a major thing Ryland jesse does a good job uh, but he's had to battle some injuries and then um you know their run game's not bad and then defensively they've they've, they've been good they've been solid but not not overly uh you know, outstanding. So maybe that's that's kind of their weak point. But uh, I think all the I think all four teams that are projected to be in the open, you know, match up pretty well for some pretty good games in the future. If they all four can uh, can get through the next three weeks of attrition. Do you think? Assuming I, I mean, we assume Granite Hills and Helix win this week. Um, Helix, Granite Hills, loser. Or do you think? And I, you may have looked at the numbers, but do you think the loser still is in a good position to win or go to the open division? Uh, I think to an extent. But as I told one of the Helix coaches, I said, just don't lose the granite. And you don't have to worry about it. I mean, I, I think it just – it opens the door for something weird to happen. And, yeah. and using the cal- – for, for Helix and – for both. I think for both. I mean, whoever loses that game, I think yeah. something opens the door for, for something weird to happen um, yeah. when it comes to the seating. And it, it and something weird always happens. You know, every year that we've done this, it's never been cut and dry the same four teams all the way through. Like, some of these teams lose uh, a game they're not supposed to. Or certain schools win a game they're not supposed to. I mean, you know, if... if, if, if uh, I got to see who still has to play Carlsbad, but there's some schools behind Granite right now that still have to play Carlsbad. If they forever, for any reason, beat Carlsbad, then all of a sudden, yeah. th- then the loser of Granite and Helix need to be very concerned, um, you know, about losing that game. And then those those are teams like, uh, if I look at the schedule real quick, Carlsbad's got three games left. Torrey, LCC, El Camino, all three of those schools are right behind Granite. Mission Hills is at five, Torrey's at six, El Camino's seven, LCC's eight. I mean, they're all right there. Uh, you know, if Cathedral mm-hmm. wins two games and 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 Chaminade uh, wins a couple of games out of town, I mean, all of a sudden they're they're right there knocking out the door of of the open uh, division. I'm not saying it is, but that's that's probably the the realm of of teams that could probably get there still, um, which is crazy to say. But I mean, you know, there a lot of these schools' ratings keep going up. I mean, Cathedral's rating went up after losing last week for some odd reason. I mean, teams that they've played win. I mean, there's there's a lot of factors that go into it aside from just 
your team winning and losing. So, you know, you really don't want to put your fate in somebody else's hands, especially since it's not cut and dry like the National Football League where it's like, all right, well, we need this team to win. It's We don't really know around the country who we need to win. Yeah. 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 Well, like you said, you know, it's going to be, you know, a few more weeks than it's playoff time. So um, no matter how it plays, it shapes out, it will – Definitely be an exciting playoffs, I feel. Um, we got some, a lot of quality teams, and, um, you know, our, the finals of each division should be pretty good however they play out. But, yeah, looking forward to the games this weekend and see if there's any upsets and uh, or if it's status quo. And then we come back next week and, and, and see how things play out. But excited for it. We haven't, we haven't, had, we haven't had a crazy weekend yet. Jeff, we haven't had a crazy weekend yet, and this weekend could be the crazy weekend. <laughs> you never know. Very true. Very true. You never know. I mean, that's the beauty of sports, and that's why you know you got to let things play out because things happen early, and happen middle, or they can happen late. You know, chaos can erupt at any moment. So let's see if chaos happens uh, tomorrow evening. I'm looking forward to it, Jeff. Appreciate the time as always. Look forward to talking to you next week. Yeah, thank you, man. Uh, any college game you're looking at from a college football standpoint that you're eyeing this weekend? Uh, we got a lot. We're gonna watch on the we Saturday. made our picks on the on the show today. Um, the ten games that that we picked. Um, God, what were they? I. Oh, you like Oregon and Washington? I like Washington at home. I like Washington at home. Um, they've been pretty good. They've been kind of flying on the radar. I mean, you know what you're gonna get at Oregon. Um, but I picked Washington at home this week. Uh, the games we, we picked the A and M Tennessee game. I like Tennessee by three at home. I think they beat A and M outright. Um, I like Washington minus three. Uh, I like Oklahoma State plus three against Kansas. They're three point dogs at Boone Pickens Stadium at home against the Kansas Jayhawks, uh, and they just beat Mike they just beat Kansas State last week, which is kind of surprising because Oklahoma State was not very good. Um, and they got a big win there. Uh, I think Kansas is okay. Um, I don't think they're top 20, 25 in the country. They beat Nevada by a touchdown on the road. Nevada might be the worst team in college football this year. Um, that Wyoming Air Force game is going to be badass. Um, Air Force is favored by 10.5. I like Wyoming plus 10.5. 10.5 is a lot of score for uh, a triple option team. A lot to cover. Uh, Arizona, Washington State's a good one. Arizona's been like left at the altar three times this year. In terms of wins, I mean, I think yeah, they, 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 could, they could probably finally overcome that. Um, LSU, Auburn's going to be good. USC, Notre Dame. You know, what's this Notre Dame's lineman look against the USC's seven-on-seven defense they got? Um, <laughs> North Carolina, Miami. Yeah, USC's defense. Oh, it's, it's like it's – like, Speaking of, I know we got to talk we, we gotta talk about real, real quick. How about Miami? <laughs> How about Mario Cristobal? What is he doing? How do you, as a, as a college coach – Put yourself in your team, who was was undefeated. So this should have been a five and zero, five and zero matchup with a chance to win the ACC with Florida State, obviously. And they still can because they're going to play North Carolina uh, Saturday, and also they got Florida State. But to have that egregious of clock of bad clock management. You just can't have it. I, I That's not the see, first time. I would even. That's not the first time. Yes, I know. It's happened multiple times. Yeah, 
Take a knee. So I, yeah, I don't understand. And you know, people will say, "Well, he, you know, his knee was down." Be bullshit. The fact is, he should never even in that position to carry the football. Take the knee, take the win, throw up the deuces. See you next week, North Carolina. But they had you know, the I'm ball. See emotionally, Miami had the ball with thirty something seconds left, and Georgia Tech did not have any timeouts, and they lost that game. Amazing. Yes. Yes. Amazing. But uh, so curious emotionally how they bounce back because they're on the road against Drake May and North Carolina. How about this one though? Are you taking? Saw this on TV. This is crazy. Georgia minus the thirty-one on the road against Vanderbilt. Last two years, they played Vanderbilt. They've won by a total of a hundred and fifteen, hundred sixteen to zero. Wow. It's hard to take thirty-one. Absolutely it's hard to take thirty-one points. But, but they could road. probably do on the road, much less. But their yeah, stadium, so Vanderbilt stadium, still under construction. They like they're working on it while the game's going on. Oh geez. Um, well, the, good, good luck there, Vanderbilt. The other two games, like for UCLA at Oregon State, Oregon, Oregon State's fair by three and a half. Uh, I like the Beavers at home. NC State at Duke. Me too. Um, I like NC State on the road against Duke. I mean, Duke's ranked because they beat Clemson, but Clemson's not good, so I don't, I don't know why they're still ranked. Um, the craziest game, though, Jeff. Did you see the finish between Houston and West Virginia? Literally just looked on my timeline on Twitter and saw the Hail Mary. So they go from not covering to outright winning. The How game about this though? Last play With game. 22 seconds left, West Virginia has the ball at the 50 yard line. They're down 35, okay. 32. It's fourth and 10. West Virginia score scores. They score a wow. A uh, guy drops back to pass. Yeah, he looks to his left. He's under pressure. He throws it downfield. It's caught at the 30, down to the 20, makes a move to the 15, breaks a tackle at the 5, runs into the near side pylon touchdown. West Virginia takes a 40-35 to 35 lead with 12 seconds left in the game, or 39-35 lead with 12 seconds left in the game. Houston gets the ball back. It's second and two at the 49-yard line of West Virginia. They huck up a prayer of a Hail Mary. It gets tipped twice, and Houston ends up with the ball in the end zone for a walk-off touchdown, and the Cougars beat the Mountaineers on a Friday, on a Thursday night Ooh. down in Texas, 41-39. Crazy. Crazy things can happen during the week. And so there you go. I didn't even know the first part. I just saw the Hail Mary, so I didn't even know the part that West Virginia took the lead on the fourth down. So – Crazy, crazy game. That's why Twitter is on is uh, going nuts about that. So makes sense, man. That's that's why we love college, uh, just sports in general. Imagine, like imagine that. being a fan of West Virginia during that sequence. The highest of the, the highest, highest of highs and the lowest of lows in a twelve second span. Un freaking believable. All right, Jeff. We've got to call it a night on the podcast. Uh, it's Jeff King. I'm Braden Suprance. Another edition of the High School Football Podcast. Back next week for more on San Diego High School Football. Be sure to check out the podcast on Odyssey, on the Odyssey app, and, of course, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, for Jeff King, I'm Braden Suprance signing off. Have a good weekend in high school football. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.